Welcome to the Self-Publishing School Podcast. This is the podcast to listen to if you're an aspiring writer or an author who wants to be more successful. On this show, you'll learn how to write and launch a book successfully, all from the top authors and people just like you who are doing it at the highest level. I'm your host, Chandler Volt, the founder of Self-Publishing School, the author of the book called Published, and the CEO of selfpublishing.com. For free training on how to publish a book that sells 10,000 copies, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. Hey, Chandler Bolt here, and joining me today uh, is my friend, Grant Baldwin. Grant is the founder and CEO of thespeakerlab.com, a training company for public speakers. Uh, he's also the best-selling book of, uh, the best-selling author. He's okay. not a best-selling book, but he's... Well, we'll talk about the process to get, I was going to say he's written a best-selling book, but there's a ghost author or uh, there's a there's ghost a writer there. involved. There's a lot to unpack here. Uh, he's the best-selling author of uh, The Successful Speaker. Uh, he's also uh, the host of the Speaker Lab podcast uh, and just an all-around just great and funny guy. So this is going to be a so fun much interview. And uh, if you're a speaker uh, who wants to grow your speaking business, using a book. We'll key in on that. That's going to be really helpful for you. Um, if you're an author who wants to speak, we'll key in on that. We're also going to talk about ghostwriter stuff. Should you do it? Should you not? Buying back the rights from your publisher? What? Mm. That's even possible. How does that work? Yep. Uh, a lot we'll unpack here. Grant, welcome. Great to have you. Good to see you, buddy. Thanks for letting me hang out with you. So why, um, why this book? The Successful Speaker? Uh, I, I know. So actually, fun fact, y'all, if you want to go back and listen to episode 35, uh, like one of the first episodes on this podcast, uh, Grant and I unpacked, this was before this book and he talked about, um, I feel like it was your, actually, I, you may have been one of the only people that I had on the podcast that didn't have a book yet. Did you have an early book on speaking or am I making that up? No. Nah, so when I was, the quick backstory is like, well, I used to speak full time. Uh, I was doing 60, 70 gigs a year, did a lot in the education space, primarily with like high schools, colleges. Yes. And so had a self-published book for students. That's and so- it. Uh, yeah. had that out. Um, and then back in, I think it was like 2017 or so, 2018, um, uh, Jeff Goins, a good friend of, of both of us. He, uh, and those who know Jeff know he's a, a phenomenal author, writer, knows way more about writing in books than I would ever do. And so he sent me a random text, um, and I think 2017, 2018, he was like, Hey, have you ever thought about writing a book? And I was like, man, I self-published a book a books, so much work. And I was like, I just, I recognized the value of a book. It just wasn't high on my radar and wasn't high on my priority list. And so I literally texted him back and I was kind of like, yeah, man, I'll do a book if you write it. And then it kind of led to him going like, yeah, I might be interested. Are you, are you serious? And then it was kind of like this game of like, maybe, are you serious? You know, it's kind of like that first, do we like each other right now? Like what's happening? And so, um, yeah, so he was kind of between book projects at the time. And I kind of felt like, again, I, I, get, I understand the value of the book. Um, I had a lot of like the, the frameworks and the content and the IP and the experience and the knowledge as it relates to speaking. But how do you like pull all that out and put that into a book? Like, I don't know. And I didn't want to mess with that. Um, 
And so I, I literally, I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm serious. Like if, if you're interested in writing this and kind of pulling it out and being a, a, a ghostwriter in the project, like, yeah, let's totally do that. And so that's ultimately what it ended up becoming. And so he was also kind of a, a pseudo agent in the process. Mm. There was a, a, um, a publisher friend of ours that, uh, we wanted to work with as the, as the editor and the publisher. Um, so Jeff created the, uh, the proposal. We, we took it to this publisher, um, this acquisitions editor, he was able to get us a, a great advance. And so worked with Jeff and, and Jeff's to this point, like Jeff's name is still on the cover of the book. And, and, and that was something that the publisher even asked for. They're like, Hey, we want to put Jeff on there. And I think a lot of times the stigma and stereotype is like, you know, don't tell anybody you ghostwrote. I was like, no, no. Like I leaned into it from like a marketing perspective. Like Jeff is a great writer. Jeff has a great name. He has a great reputation. And so mm. uh, I wanted to lean into like, yeah, this is, this is written by Jeff. And if you know Jeff, he's, he's great mm. at what it, what it is that he does. So it doesn't take away anything at all from, um, you know, the content or the IP that he, you know, the, the conversations that he pulled out of me to put into the book, but like from a yeah. structure standpoint, he did such a great job. So yeah, that's mm. kind of how the, the book came to be. Mm. And so leaning into and being transparent about my concepts, his writing kind mm -hmm. of positioning. He was, he was the scribe. Yeah. He was the writer. Mm -hmm. And what um, I've got a bajillion follow-up questions and just ways that we could go with this. What, um, why even do it though? Like why, obviously him, him writing it is a, relieves a big burden um, on you to do this, but what was the thought process behind why do this book and how do you, how did, and do you see this kind of fitting in with your overall business goals? Yeah. Good question. So, um, I mean, at, at this day and age, like, um, publishing has certainly evolved and changed and you know that better than I do, but books are still valuable. And there's a, absolutely a, a piece of, of credibility and legitimacy for people who have a book. And so, um, I think it was something that I, I felt like would kind of validate what we were doing in the marketplace and kind of, again, put up a, a stake in the ground, a flag in the ground of just like, hey, you know, we're, we're a go-to authority on this subject and topic. Um, working with a, a traditional publisher at the time gave us a lot of distribution. Um, you know, we were in uh, we were in airports and bookstores and yada, yada. It was uh, awful timing. The book came out, I think, February 17th, 2020. And yeah. it was literally like two or three weeks later. And we were like in airports and bookstores like, this is awesome. And then like the world closed like a couple weeks later, no events are happening. And you're like, well, crap, that sucks, you know? Oh. Um, and so it just kind of, you know, it was what it was. But um, but yeah, it's just kind of like the a, a, a validity piece uh, of people who are going to see the book. I, I knew from a marketing perspective, there are ways that we could use the book, you know, free plus shipping is something we've been dabbling in and had good success mm. with. And so, um, yeah, there's absolutely like a lot of value for the book. And, and again, as, as you well know, and teach, it's not even necessarily about, Hey, what is the book going to going to generate on its own? But it's just a, it's a really, really, really nice, well done brochure for here's these other services that we offer as a company. Um, mm -hmm. it's a really, really good indoctrination tool. Cool. That's great, man. That's really awesome. It, it, let's backtrack into the ghostwriter piece. Um, how, how did that work? And I guess even just big picture, gosh, there's so many ways we could go with this. So like, is this, did you just pay Jeff a, a big upfront fee? Is he doing a fee plus royalty? You don't have to share that if you don't want to. Um, yeah. But like, how does that work for people who are unfamiliar what it looks like to hire a ghostwriter? Yeah. And so, I mean, fast forward to today, like Jeff, he's really turned this into a business because what ha what happened was uh, people kind of found out what was going on and were asking me like, 
wait a second, Jeff's writing your book. Like, does he do that for other people? I was like, I don't know, ask him maybe. Uh, and I know like since then he's worked with several of our mutual friends uh, to do the exact same thing. And it's kind of been a, his own kind of little cottage industry and business that he, he has developed and it's done, it's done well. Um, and I think like when someone's coming to him to work with him, there's a bunch of different things that he could do. And he could certainly answer this better than, than I could, but you know, I know with some people he's helped with like just the proposal and that was it. And some people he helped as a proposal plus kind of shopping it as an agent and some people he developed the outline and then that was it, you know, it's just kind of like depends. But for me, it was kind of like, Hey man, you know, way more about this than I do. And I don't necessarily have the desire or the, or the bandwidth or the excitement to like, learn how to do a book proposal and, you know, create all the outline stuff. And like, so what, what the process was basically like, he and I just met a lot. Um, and we would, he would ask me questions. We'd record those. Um, he would just follow up with me. Hey, do you have, you know, we're, we're doing this chapter on speaking fees. Do you have an example of, you know, someone on, uh, like one of your students and how they, you know, thought about doing speaking fees. And so, yeah, let me connect you with Tom and Tom would, would, you know, add a kind of a case study to that. So that was really the whole process. Um, and it was just, a, it was a really good process. You know, I think a big thing that made it work was that, um, Jeff, Jeff's the expert, you know? So, um, I firmly believe in just the adage and, and the idea of hiring good people and get out of the way. And so like with Jeff, like um, from a financial standpoint, basically like um, we did some form of a split on the advance. And so it was nothing out of my pocket. And so that was also kind of the incentive of, I remember um, uh, talking with this, this mastermind, a couple of guys and uh, kind of running the idea by them. And I said, okay, uh, we have a publisher that wants to give us a bunch of money and have Jeff write the book. And I was like, what am I missing here? Am I, am I crazy on this? And they're like, hang on, hang on. Let me just make sure we got this straight. So a publisher is going to write you a massive check. You're going to give some of it to Jeff. Jeff's going to write the book. You don't have to do anything. And you're going to get a finished book with a bunch of money out of it. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you put it like that, it seems pretty obvious. And so they're like, yeah, you're an idiot if you don't do this. And so, um, yeah, I think what, again, a big part of that made it work was I wasn't like breathing down his neck. I wasn't like going through every sentence structure. Like let's, you know, instead of this word, you should use this word, you know, like you're the expert, man. Like, this is why we paid you a whole bunch of money to do this is because you're really, really good at it. So, uh, I think that's part of what made it work with us. Um, and, and I would also say like, um, I think it probably would have been a little bit different if I didn't have an existing relationship with Jeff. Um, so, you know, yeah, the, the existing ghost, relationship, his, yeah. how good he is and then how big your advance, I feel like are just cr three critical pieces totally. that lined up to make this work. Yeah. Cause like, if we didn't have that prior relationship, it probably would have been like, I don't know, you know, like, do I trust this guy? Is this good? Where, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. But like, he knows me, we had an existing relationship. He knows our business. Like we've been friends for several years. So it just is again, like it felt like, okay, I can, I can be a bit more hands off here because you're the expert. You're the pro at this. Mm. Yeah, that's great. On the other side of it, are you glad you did it? And any recommendations for other people who are considering hiring a ghostwriter? You're, yeah. you're like you're you're like one of the only people I know who I think had a positive experience. <laughs> like everyone wants to hire a ghostwriter, and it's just so freaking hard to do it well that yeah. I hear all the horror stories. So it's kind of cool to hear a good one. So yeah, what what are your thoughts on other side of the process and recommendations for others? Yeah, I I did have a great uh, experience. I would, I would definitely do it again. But again, I think like what we touched on there of the existing relationship made a big difference. The, uh, and it's not to say that like, you know, that is, um, this completely unique situation and it's impossible to find like for anybody watching, listening, you've got 
people that are probably really, really good writers in your sphere of influence and in your world who, you know, may be a good fit for something like this. You know, Jeff had written multiple books. He had good experience with it. The other thing that he brought that was kind of an intangible was he understood like marketing books as well. So if you create a great book and it sits in an abyss, like if it falls in the forest, nobody hears it, like it's not going to sell any copies. And so it was also just like, okay, now what do we do? And so like when the publisher was asking different questions, uh, Jeff was really good about, you know, where do we push back and where can we, is this normal? I don't, I don't know, man. Um, so it's just like very much like, Hey man, just take my hand and tell me what, what we need to do, what, you know, what we need to ask and say. So yeah, it was a great, it was a great process. But again, I think what a big part that, that made it work that is applicable and relevant for anybody is he was the expert. I did not micromanage him. I did not babysit him. You know, I did not breathe down his neck on anything. It's just like, you're the pro be the pro and I'll let you do your thing. Mm. And did you feel like it was written in your voice? Was there any issues with that? Or it was like, hey, this is in my voice. This has got my core concepts that 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 turned out well. Yeah, I, absolutely. I felt like there were several things because, again, he part of what they did was they uh, we did a lot of like hours and hours of interviews and then they would transcribe those. And then mm. it's like, you know, it may be tweaking some sentence structure or that sort of thing. But I mean, a lot of it was pulled in in my words. Uh, so yeah, it, like he, and he had one other writer that, that he worked with on it and he kind of oversaw them. Um, but yeah, I'm, I was incredibly happy with the finished product and how it came out. And I still, to this day, I'm just like, it's a really, really good book. And I'm happy to point yeah. to the fact of like, you know, Jeff, Jeff is the guy that was the one uh, sitting down typing it. Mm, that's great. And, and it probably doesn't hurt. I mean, with Jeff specifically, this is like a niche thing that may not be relevant for a lot of people who are, thinking about hiring a ghostwriter, but as a big name and as a big author. And so mm -hmm. it's like, that's, if anything, it's a value add that the transparency absolutely, and that his name's on the cover and all that, because people are familiar um, with his other work. So it's probably, yeah, cause he has helped sell some books. Yeah. I mean, at the time, like he, a lot of the work that he was doing was with authors and writers and bloggers. And, and so, yeah, I thought, okay, if anything, like worst case scenario, like people in his audience are going to discover the book mm -hmm. and be interested in it. And just because of that, that crossover. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, Chandler Bolt here. I hope you're loving this episode so far. It's time to go from inspiration to implementation. All right. So if you've learned something, we want to help you implement what you've learned with your book. So what I want you to do right now is go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a publishing consultation with one of the experts on my team. We'll talk about your goals for your book, your dreams, your challenges, your next steps, and we'll start putting together a plan. All right, so go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a call with the team. Let's see how we can help with your book. It's time to implement. So talk to me about, uh, you mentioned you, you bought back the rights from your publisher. Yep. Um, that doesn't happen often. Why did you do it? How did it work? Yep. So a uh, book came out February, 2020. Um, and I remember, you know, for the next several months as the book is out, uh, I think as, 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 uh, authors can probably attest, like when a, a book comes out and everyone's asking, Hey, how's the book doing? You're like, I, I don't like it's selling. There's reviews of it. People seem to like it. I don't know, you know, and like it's doing something, but, uh, I mean, having a book is just a long-term thing. It's a long-term game. And so, um, as typically, uh, it seems to happen with books, like they, you know, they launch good. And then there's kind of like a trail trailing down effect there. And so the book came out strong and, and like, again, I'm super, super proud of the, the finished product. And over time, like sales slowed down. Uh, I don't think it helped that it was, you know, came out right at the beginning of the pandemic. I don't think that yeah. that 
yeah. was the only or primary reason. Um, but that, uh, but then like, you know, you fast forward a couple of years and you're going like, dang, we, we've got this great book and I wanted to do more with it. We were wanting to try like a free plus shipping thing, but to get, um, for me to buy copies from the publisher, it was just it was super cost prohibitive. It was really expensive. And so I, I'm looking at the numbers like, okay, it's not selling a ton and they're just sitting on it. And it's just kind of this stalemate, you know, it's like, it's the, the, any effort energy they're going to put into it is long gone. Like they have moved on to every other book project, you know? So it's like the last thought on their mind. So I remember asking Jeff, I was like, Hey, is it, is like, is that a thing? Can a public, can an author buy back the rights to the book? And, uh, he's like, that's not super common, but we can ask. And so I talked to a couple other people in the publishing space and like, yeah, it's free. It's free to ask. And so, so I reached out to, uh, our editor, um, our primary contact at the, at the publisher and just like started the conversation. Like, Hey, I know this is probably something that you don't normally do, but is this something you would ever even be open to entertain? And he's like, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know, maybe. And it was just kind of like, again, like the book isn't worth anything to them, uh, necessarily like dramatically. And yeah. I'm going like, I would like to do more with it, but mm. it doesn't make sense for me to do more with it right now. And the primary buyer for the majority of future copies is going to be me and I'm not going to buy it at this price. You know, so it's just kind of like, uh, what's the best case scenario out mm. of this. Right. So one of the ways that we kind of uh, approached it was, all right, let's just kind of extrapolate out for the next three to five years. How much, how much are we going to sell potentially? Right. you kind of looking at that, looking like, okay, how much are you as a publisher going to make over the next three to five years? Like, can we just give you that in a check today? Like what, like, what would that look like? Um, and he, like, they thankfully, like they were super open to it, super nice about it. Um, and he, he also acknowledged like, um, most, or most authors a couple years later, they just, we were in a spot where we had the cash to reacquire the rights. Whereas he's like, most authors aren't in a spot where they, they can do that, you know? And mm. at the same time, I was like, Hey, listen, um, you, they had given me a, a good advance. They were going to lose money on it. I was like, I'm not paying you for the difference. Like, it doesn't make sense for me to pay, you know, the, the difference of the advance. Um, so I knew like, I want to get this for pennies on the dollar. Um, mm. and so, oh, but at the same time, like, uh, again, it's not making them anything, you know? So mm -hmm. here's, here's a chance for them to get more than probably what they would otherwise. Yeah. Um, so again, it just kind of started conversations of what would make this a win for them? What would make this a win for us? Um, there's a lot of nuance of um, like they had sold the rights to the audiobook to kind of a, a third party. And so getting the rights from that back, um, getting all of the, you know, the files that you need, um, relisting it on Amazon, like all that stuff is just kind of the logistics and nuance that we had to kind of like think through and work through and process through. But um, yeah, I mean, long story short, they, after a couple of months of going back and forth and talking about it, we're like, okay, let's, let's do it. Here's the deal. Um, and sign a contract and now we got the, got the rights back. Cool. That's awesome. So how does it work now? Are you, are you self-published through Amazon? You got the, the audiobook rights back? Yeah, How so are what you we, buying books, printing books, all that stuff. Yep. So what we ended up doing was the book was only ever printed in hardcover. And so they still had several thousand copies. Um, and so we said, okay, um, we want to buy the rights back, 
Separately though, we want to acquire all of your remaining inventory. And so we basically bought it at cost from them. What we ended up doing though, which worked out really, really well, was they had several thousand books remaining and we we're like, okay, we, I don't have anywhere to put several thousand books. Um, and we're not going to ship that to Amazon and there's different uses we had for it. And so we said, Hey, we, can we just keep them at your warehouse? And as we need them, we'll just have you ship them wherever we need them and we'll just pay for them as we go. And they were like, cool, that's fine. And basically like, we, um, so all of the books that are out there that we have been buying from them is just using their excess supply. And mm. so, so that's worked out really, really well. And so, but we've also like, um, had to figure out, you know, okay, when, when we run out at some point, then, um, you know, we, we need, we got to print it ourselves. So they're not helping us on it. Um, mm -hmm. And so who are we going to print through and how's that going to work and formatting and shipping and yada, 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 uh, doing a paperback versus doing a hardcover. What are our mm -hmm. costs and all of this? So that stuff over the past couple of months, we've been trying to figure out um, is kind of like getting the excess inventory down um, to a reasonable level. And then we'll turn on the the printer for us printing our, our own new version. Cool. Cause will you ultimately, I mean, will you have to, will you have to delist it and relist it through Amazon? No. I mean, what, I know it's getting um, technical and kind of in the weeds. Yeah. Like, um, that was a big thing that we talked about with them was, you know, with well, on Amazon, you've got hundreds and hundreds of reviews and exactly. just the, the track record. Yeah. And you're like, you don't want to lose any of that stuff. I don't want to start from scratch on that stuff. And so basically, um, like one of the logistical things I know we've run into is, uh, when we, if at some point we reprint a hardcover copy, we have to use a new ISBN. If we do a paperback version, we have to use a new ISBN. So basically it's just a matter of getting, uh, of the publisher telling Amazon of us connecting with Amazon and saying, Hey, the rights have transferred. Don't lose this listing. We want to keep using this listing. You know, so you're basically taking a paperback version and connecting it to the existing listing as another format version. So, uh, um, so that's, that's the, the primary way that we've been approaching it thus far. Mm, cool. That's smart. And have you, have you decided to, uh, are you going to do print and and stuff through uh, Kindle Direct Publishing or KDP or something else? Or I believe um, we talked with a couple of different printers. I believe the one that we're working with is Printopia, um, mm -hmm. uh, and so knew a couple of people that had worked with them. Jeff had recommended them, so had some conversations with them, uh, and I believe that's who we're. Last I knew, that's who we were talking with. Okay, interesting. Um, this is really cool to, to see how you kind of navigated that process. Really interesting. So um, here, like, here's one of the things like Jeff and I were kind of joking about was like, you know, there's, uh, there's traditional publishing and then there's self-publishing. Those are the, you know, you got some hybrid stuff and those are the two primary things. So we tried to come up with our new way of getting a book traditionally published, wait a couple of years, then go back, buy it for pennies on the dollar and turn it into self-publishing. So I don't know if you teach that message, that method, but like, that's just, that's just a new little spin. The that pennies, the pennies publishing method. You heard Perfect. it here first. Dot com, dot com. There you go. Um, that is a uh, brilliant. Oh man. Um, hey, well, I want to ask it before we wrap, I want to ask a couple questions. Uh, this, this uh, interview went in a different direction um, than I figured, which is actually really cool and, and really helpful because I think this is something that we've never talked about on the podcast. So I'm going to point people to this for buying back rights and ghostwriter stuff. Um, let's talk um, for a bit on how have you grown the speaker lab using this book? What are, what are the main things um, that have worked? 
Yeah, one of the things we've, we've started doing uh, recently is uh, really, really leaning into to free plus shipping. And that's definitely been a, a marketing tool that's been out there for a long, long time in the publishing space. So it's something we've been doing a lot of. And it's just a, you know, it's just a, it's a math problem. It's an economics problem of, of looking at uh, how much does it cost us for a book? How much does it cost us to acquire a customer? How much does it cost us to, um, to ship the book and all the logistics and fulfillment that go into that? Uh, and then just making sure that uh, it's offsetting um, that the part of the, the challenge is that um, with a book, it's much more of a long tail, you know, a, a book may, someone may get a, a free plus shipping book and it may, you know, they may open it, read it cover to cover right then. It may sit on their desk or on their shelf for, you know, months and months and months, maybe years. Uh, people don't throw away books. They can still be kind of a, a reminder and a cue card and a billboard uh, unintentionally in their office or house or wherever it may be. So, um, yeah, I mean, we've definitely already seen like an ROI of people who have, um, who have purchased the book. And then we can point to like, you know, a few weeks, a few months later, then they, they join one of our, our coaching programs. And so there's, you know, a clear ROI there, but it's also like, um, uh, we have tried to be really intentional about what do we need to do in that initial offer to, to try to at least break even on that. Cause at that point, then you're acquiring, you're not only acquiring customers uh, at a break even rate, but you're also, um, you're just getting books out there, uh, break even, which is, uh, awesome. So, oh, yeah, gosh, so yeah. So it's been, um, yeah, it's been a learning process if you're just trying lots of things and iterating, but the, the free plus shipping has definitely, uh, uh, been a, a big win for us. You're, you're making me think I'm like, man, I need to spin up some new ad creative for the new version of published and, and we need to get free plus shipping has been one of our best converting funnels for a long time. And I don't know why, um, we got away from it. Um, and, uh, you know, as the newly appointed marketing director, uh, we're going to get back in the saddle. Talk, talk to your marketing guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, talk to uh, I'm going to go to the bathroom and look in the mirror and I'm going to say, Hey, marketing guy, uh, I'm going to have a meeting. <laughs> I'll give you, I'll give you a quick, uh, quick, um, thought on this. Um, as it relates to just like, how do you best market a book or how do you best sell a book? Um, I remember, uh, a, a couple of years ago, I was talking with a, a good friend, um, about real estate investing this hang with me. This is going somewhere, but, uh, I was, I was interested in, in real estate investing. I know you are as well. And I remember just asking. And I was like, you have all these different types of real estate investing. You have single family homes, multifamily homes, Airbnb, raw land, you know, commercial, yada, yada, yada. I said, which one is best? And he said, yes. And I was like, dude, that's not helpful. Like, what does that mean? And, he, and he, his point was like, they all work. What you don't find is someone who's trying to do all of them, right? So in terms of like selling a book, you know, what works, you know, like social media works, paid ads work, free plus shipping works, speaking works, PR work, like it all works. But what you don't find is someone who's like, I'm doing everything, you know, and you're just spreading yourself so thin. So I think about that so much with our business and what it is that we do. And again, this is applicable for, for any anything, you know, like free plus shipping works, but so do a dozen other things, you know? And so it's not that necessarily like one's better or worse than the other. Like you just pick one or two things. You're like, we're just going to do this. We're going to double down on this. We're going to be focused on this. And like, we'll price you. And if we don't, then let's try something different, but not try the buffet approach. If we're going to try everything and just hopefully magically it all works out. Like that just, that just doesn't work. Mm, that's great. Don't try the buffet approach. Focus on what works for you. Man, we're, no, no, your mind, we're like, your, mind, we're, your mind's my, blown. You can't mind. comprehend it. Uh, how can, you're the master of this grant. How can speakers use a book to get more speaking gigs or to raise their fee, increase their take home, that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, speaking, uh, uh, 
uh, uh, speaking is definitely a way to generate significant revenue and income from uh, um, from having a book. And so there are a lot of authors who have always said, like, you don't make money from the book, you make money from the other things that you sell on, on the back end of the book, speaking being one of those things, coaching, consulting, lots of different things that you could do. So um, speaking or uh, having a book like we talked about is certainly a great legitimacy tool. Um, and they're still in this day and age, people say, you know, if, if you want to be perceived as the expert on something, you, you have, you have a book on the topic. So, um, I would push back on the idea. I think there's a misconception that people think in order to be a speaker, you have to have a book or in order to be, um, uh, an author, you have to speak. No, you don't like there's, there's speakers who don't have a book who are very successful. And there's authors who don't speak who are very successful. And you, it's not that one is a, um, a prerequisite for the other, but working hand in hand, they can be incredibly, incredibly powerful, um, both from an impact standpoint, from a legitimacy and credibility standpoint, from uh, an income and revenue standpoint. Like uh, I think uh, speakers, um, I think speakers should write a book. Um, can you be successful without it? Absolutely. And I do mm. think authors should speak. And can you be a successful author without speaking? Absolutely. But working hand in hand, they can be really, really effective one-two punch. Cool. So let's, uh, my last question and uh, last question or two here, we'll go real quick, is, so go back to the beginning, say I'm a speaker um, and I've got a book, I am in that and category, not or category, and I've got a book and I speak, but it's, it's both are kind of small, starting from scratch. What's like one super tactical thing that you would do to juice the speaking side of your business using your book. Yeah. One of the main Thank things that, that yeah, speakers make a mistake on uh, and, and authors make a mistake on is like, okay, I have the book or I want to do speaking. And now I just sit back and I wait for the phone to ring. And like, that just doesn't work. Like speaking, selling books, it's very much a momentum based game. And so the more you speak, the more you speak, the more books you sell, the more it starts to kind of start that flywheel. And so you can't just sit back and assume like, okay, now I'm just going to wait for the phone to ring and people to call me and reach out. So a book can be really, really good to, you know, reach out to send to people. I don't, wouldn't necessarily recommend that you just, you know, smile smile and dial and send a bunch of random books to a bunch of random people and hope it converts and turns into something. But starting conversations with people, reaching out to people who would be um, uh, an ideal fit for for uh, your audience, for what it is that you, uh, for the types of events that you want to be speaking at, any type of uh, referrals, introductions that you can get from other people who may have connections with event planners or decision makers in your space. One thing I see a disconnect on sometimes with authors and speakers is they want to speak on one topic, but they have a book on a different topic. It's like, no, no, like they, like it should be, you should have massive congruency there. Like your, the audience that you're speaking to should also be the type of people that want to buy your book. And so looking for those opportunities where you can connect the dots. And uh, like, we always ask people three questions, like, who do you speak to? What problem do you solve? And where do those people gather? Like, what is that ideal audience? Like, what are the, the conferences, the events, the associations, the groups that they are a part of that you could naturally speak at? And again, the book gives you some credibility to, to speak to that group. So um, yeah, books and, and speaking can be like, again, really, really effective uh, together. That's awesome. Grant, what would be your parting piece of advice uh, to the grant from years ago before you wrote this book and maybe all of the other grants out there who are maybe speakers, maybe not um, thinking about writing their first book, knowing what you know now? Yeah, um, uh, a couple of things I'd say. One is just to have a long-term perspective on it. You know, it's not this uh, flash in the pan. Um, you know, you and I have both had some level of success in our businesses in large part because we've been doing the same thing for an extended period of time. Like we just keep showing up and it's not like, 
Hey, is Chandler doing like, um, you know, uh, FBA stuff now? Is he doing, is he into manufacturing? Is it, no, like he's still beating the same drum for self-publishing year after year after year after year. And it works. It's effective, right? Uh, so I think that that's a big part, having a long-term perspective. The other thing is, I think you have to treat, like if you have a book or if you want to do speaking, whatever you want to pursue, you got to treat it like a business. You cannot treat this like a hobby and expect business results. Like there's oh, people yeah. that are like, oh, I just, you know, I, I wrote a book and now I just, now the checks start rolling in and it all just mm -hmm. magically works out. No, no. Like the reason that, that, you know, books sell, the reason that people are successful as speakers is because they bust their butts and they treat it like a business. Like they show up and do the work. And so, um, and again, this is not exclusive to just authors or speakers. This is true for any business. This is true for your health. This is true for your marriage. This is true for your relationship with your kids. Like if you, if you want to have successful results, then you got to put in the work that successful people do. Uh, and so I think like that, that goes a long way as well versus again, just kind of like, I just all just going to work out. It's not if, if you don't put in the work. Mm. Yeah, man, I'm flipping, skimming through my book, looking where I can find this quote, and I'm not going to be able to find it fast enough. But that's one of uh, I'll buy you time here. I'll the, give you the one guy, other thought. The, here. The okay. guy who, uh, well, I'll just say it. Um, you want to give your one other thought? Yeah, I've heard it said like it's simple, but it's not easy. You know, yes. it's it's kind of like yes. losing weight. Like, what do you need mm -hmm. to do to lose? Well, I'm not a, like a health expert, but I know you need to pay attention to what you eat and you need to exercise. Like that's it. It's simple, it's but an like equation. it's not easy. Calories yeah. in, calories out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's simple, but it still like requires work. Otherwise, we'd all be, you know, skinny and sexy like you, but we're not. And so it requires work. It requires effort. You got to still show up and do the work. That's good. Um, the quote I was looking for, but was I able to find is uh, Ronnie Dance, who runs the fiction side of our business, says, treat it like a hobby. It'll pay like a hobby. Treat it like mm -hmm. a business. It'll pay like a business. Yeah. That applies to your fiction writing. That applies to your speaking. That applies to success, long-term success um with your book grant this has been awesome man action-packed high high speed fast-paced interview it's just like this is my jam uh where can people go uh to buy a copy of your book uh to find out more about uh the speaker lab or whatever would be most helpful yeah, everything we do is over at thespeakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com. And uh, people who listen to this podcast, you probably listen to other podcasts. We have a podcast by the same name, The Speaker Lab Podcast. Got over 400 episodes there of uh, all things speaking related. You've been on, I think, twice. Uh, so yeah, we've, got, we, we've had you on there. Yeah, so come. So go check out I was out like, those. man, it's been a minute. <laughs> no, no, you've, you've been there. You've been there. So uh, go check out those episodes with uh, with Chandler. Uh, the book is called The Successful Speaker, Five Steps for Booking Gigs, Getting Paid, Building Your Platform. Uh, and again, as as far as I know, at this moment, we're running some free plus shipping. So you can probably find that over at thespeakerlab.com. Cool. Check it out, thespeakerlab.com uh, and the book, um, The Successful Speaker. Grant, you're the man. Appreciate you. Thanks, buddy. Thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of the Self-Publishing School Podcast. I know there's so many places that you can be spending your time. There's other podcasts that you could be listening to, YouTube channels that you'd be watching. Uh, so thank you so much. It means the world. Now, I want you to do three things right now if you found this episode. All right, number one, I don't know if you know this, but we've got a YouTube channel. It's a companion channel to this podcast. All the video versions of the episode are on the YouTube channel. So number one, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Number two, if you're listening to this podcast wherever, whether this is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, number two, I want you to subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss a future episode. Uh, and then number three, this is probably the most important, uh, leave a review on the podcast. All right, reviews are super important and help the podcast get discovered by 
other people. Uh, so number three, leave a review on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next episode. If you're on the fence about scheduling a publishing consultation call with my team, maybe you're not quite ready uh, for that, I've got some free training that I think will be really helpful for you. All right, all you have to do is go to register to sign up. Go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. When you do, you're also going to get a free digital copy of my new book, Published. And on that training, you're going to learn the next step, so how to implement with your book. So how to write, how to publish, how to launch successfully. So go to register right now at selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. I'll see you there.